Forgotten Flicks remembers The Guardian, 1990. From William Friedkin, director of The Exorcist. I'm not crazy, Mr. Sterling. I thought maybe somebody else had this woman in their house. She cooks, she claims she takes care of the baby. What else is she doing? There's no evidence that the woman you describe ever existed. The Guardian. Rated R. Now playing at theaters everywhere. Hello and welcome to Forgotten Flicks. I am your host, Joel, and I'm joined by two more beloved hosts. Hostess with the mostess. Daryl. Yes. And Peter. Yeah, just making sure the boys are okay. They're nice and snuggly. <laughs> I, I truly hope your your children are there. And Okay. So if we lose Peter at any point, Peter, just real quick, would you like to tell everybody uh, why you might perish during this episode? No, no, no. It's not that bad anymore. It's kind it of makes, subsided. Come on, we need to break it. it, it out. Come on, it out. trauma. Okay. On. Uh, uh, the dog went flying. Uh, my wife might, might be in Denmark at the moment. No, no, wait a minute. That, that came from there. Yeah. And my kids are no more. We had a hurricane. Okay, I didn't say make it so. tragic. I'm saying. Oh, okay. You said amp it up. I said dramatic. I find it odd that you saved the dog and just said he flew away. And then your family is gone. Go. They're gone. What, they're all gone. What are you, what are you, what are you yeah, that gone. about? Well, the, I had the dog on a leash. But you didn't save the kids. We've got to work on your story. Them, that, if we had leashes on the kids, that would be that, <laughs> that would be bad, wouldn't it? Well, it depends. It depends on the kid. Yeah. Okay. And what stage no, you're in? A, Pretty bad hurricane here, but it's subsided, so it's it's more of a storm right now. So oh, no trees are down. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll see the damage tomorrow when it's light. That's usually a, that sounds like a typical weekend in Florida. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. I just am still shocked. Yeah. Uh, Peter let us know that they were having hurricane level winds, and that it was actually you said it was actually upgraded to a hurricane, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just for some reason in my head call it that good old. U.S. of A. geographic bias. I just didn't. I assumed that. Uh, I knew Asia got the. They get the typhoons, right? That's that's the the uh, the Pacific side. That's usually what they get. That they don't call them yeah. hurricanes. They call them typhoons. So I yeah. knew that that happened. But for some reason, mm. I didn't think of any part of Europe being susceptible to hurricanes. I don't know why. I never just. I figured. Well, because you know what it is. It's the warm water thing. I thought they needed warm water for fuel, which is why Florida and that part of the east coast tends to get more of them in the gulf yeah yeah oh. but let, let's get into the global warning are we really going to talk about global warming here things have kind of heated up okay to, it, to it's the, getting warmer well here's and, the question uh, but yeah, here's we, the question did had you ever had hurricanes there before yeah yeah we that's what i'm saying i don't get it <laughs> okay I, I, I don't. you don't get hurricanes no i get hurricanes I just with yeah, the cold yeah. i just think you're i would just think are the oceans in your neck of the woods warm well, well, not now. Well, of course not now. 
Do they ever get warm? <laughs> yeah, do they, I don't know why. I just have it in my head that you live in this icy tundra. I don't know why. I, do, I always think the same thing. <laughs> like it's the no, shining. Every time Peter goes. He's a Viking and he rides. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To work. Okay, so that's just me. jingle when you stand out of the water, but uh, there's shrinkage and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I always think you're in a boat, you're in the kids, or you have swords. <laughs> it's like a scene out of fight. How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, I think that. <laughs> I don't know why. Wow. Because because we're we're Americans, Daryl, and it's what we do. We That's true. Make generalizations <laughs> and assume crap. All right, you, you're right. Uh, all right. So here's the deal: we are yes. going to be discussing the Guardian for at least part of this episode. Yeah, five yeah, minutes. Nineteen ninety. Right? It's easy yeah. to say. Yeah, I know. I, I actually, I, I, I typed in IMDb, the Guardian, and about eight choices come up. I'm like, okay, whoa, sure? whoa, yeah, yeah. whoa, whoa. The one from uh, yeah. God damn it. Well, 2006? The Coast Guard. Yeah, the one with yeah, Kevin Costner and yeah, uh, Kelso that. from that yeah. 70s show. Yeah. Which is pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I remember not hating it. Huh. I only saw it once, though. <laughs> I, I probably will replay this at the beginning of the episode. I'll, I'll edit it in, in post, as the kids say. Uh, but for you two, I'll, I'll play this first. This will be our intro. Coming up next, The Guardian, the director of The Exorcist, returns with another supernatural thriller, this time about a demonic babysitter. And uh, in case you don't know, folks, I was Ebert, Roger Ebert from Siskel and Ebert back in the day, back in 1990. And here is Mr. Siskel's synopsis, thus making it easy for all of us, and we can be lazy this episode. Our next film is called The Guardian, about a demonic babysitter who ends up terrorizing a yuppie couple and their baby boy. The babysitter is a descendant of the ancient druids who worshipped trees. She hopes to sacrifice the child to a tree. First, she has to charm the infant. My favorite part of that is how you can tell he's starting to laugh. Yes. Yeah, I know. She, they worship, wait, he goes, they worshipped trees. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. Oh. Uh, 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 so before they actually, and I actually will play, it's about a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. Actually, minute 16. I'll, I'll play the, what they said about the motion picture a little mm-hmm. later. But uh, in, in the meantime, I do want to play Ebert and Siskel. If you've ever watched any behind the scenes footage of those two, or if you saw the Ebert documentary Life Itself, you know that he and Gene had a few moments. I, I wonder how many times they had to record the part I'm about to play and how snarky it got when the cameras weren't running. <laughs> so here, listen to this. You know, there is one area, though, Gene, where this movie breaks important new ground, and this is something that movie trivia experts... Oh, you're going to be funny now. Yes, I am. (laughs) going to be funny. This is the first horror movie in which a chainsaw is used against a tree. (laughs) I understand. I mean, and then it's... spews out blood and all that. Thank you for that enormous laugh of support. Well, it's not that funny. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that the laugh you hear after Ebert lands the joke is not Siskel's. It's Ebert's own laughing at his own joke. You could practically hear the crickets if it wasn't for his laugh. And then when when he said when Ebert does the snarky, well, thanks for the the laugh of support. Well, it, you hear Cisco say, "Well, wasn't that funny?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when two people can't stand each uh, other, it makes for it makes for good TV, though, don't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It does. Yep. And it wasn't that funny. It, it wasn't. That it funny. wasn't. No. <laughs> you know, it's what, what's what's sad is you know that that's one of those jokes that he had really worked on because it's also in his in, if you read his review of the guardian it's in there too so this is one of those he felt he came up with this really clever joke and, yeah. and he was going to use it anywhere flat. he could because technically he's right yeah, it is a horror, right. a horror movie yeah. where chances actually used to kill a tree 
but I, I did. I yeah. I just Siskel's reaction is because well, it's not. Fun. Yeah, it's not funny. <laughs> Do you me. really care enough <laughs> after that? <laughs> um. So I have about three plus pages of notes. I don't know about you guys. Why? Oh, because I have questions. I have pretty much. It's going to turn into a Q and A where I'm going to ask questions, and you guys have to justify. <laughs> wow, you're going to be rough. <laughs> Speaking of, who's ready to, uh, uh, I don't know, do the Guardian? Do the Guardian? Let's do the Guardian. We, we've done the last American version. Now let's do the Guardian. Oh, let's yes. get up in them trees. I love them trees. I don't think this plot works at all. I don't think it's at all important what this woman is going to do with the baby. So much for the story. On the movie level, the visuals aren't compelling either. The big tree is your standard horror movie tree with animated limbs that couple is boring the police are standard movie dullards who immediately take the side of the guilty and the special effects from bill friedkin of the exorcist well they're nothing that shall we say will turn your head there's not much to like about the guardian you know it's too bad about william friedkin because here is an important director to live and die in la was a very very good French movie. connection obviously. the french connection his last film rampage which was never released which i had an opportunity to see was a true crime story he was right at the top of his form. This man is making great movies that nobody sees. And then he, you know, probably because uh, he wanted to keep working, made a movie like The Guardian, which will get released and uh, won't do his, his uh, career or his reputation any good at all. There really isn't an element here that's compelling. I mean, you know, if the, uh, the Druids are supposed to be a threat uh, to us, I mean, The Exorcist, it was a real threat mm -hmm. uh, to the world. There's nothing going on here. I mean, we, we laugh at the tree. It, it just falls apart at every critical step. Yeah, it's just real hard to get involved with a babysitter that wants to sacrifice a baby to a tree. I couldn't have said it better so, myself. Thank you for listening to Forgotten Place <laughs> to Remember Us. But... <laughs> now I should have had the outro music queued up and just hit play and not told you guys. That would have been awesome. And that's our take on The Guardian. <laughs> I could have ended it right now. I was like, I have nothing else I can add. Wow, the snark, the snark level just went up 10 notches. Okay, I want to get this out of the way right now. I, lo I love William Friedkin for for no other reason than The Exorcist, okay? Mm -hmm. I, I, you know what's funny? The French Connection, I was thinking about this the other day, Peter. I don't know that I've ever seen it. Not in its entirety. I, oh, okay. I feel like I have. It's sort of like, and I, this one's going to be real heresy. It's like... The Godfather Part Two. I know I've seen it, but yet I can't. I, I know I haven't seen it either. I did not see it more than once, and I was pretty young when I saw it because I don't remember enough about it to. Oh, I, I feel like if I watch it again, I, like The Guardian. I know I saw it, but rewatching it this time, I can tell you right now, I was like, okay, I remember she was naked in it quite a bit. Yep, right about that. And I remember yep, yep. a tree getting sawed up and blood going over. Yep, right about that. Yep. Beyond yep. that, I got nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Pretty much. So, but what I got to get just, just saying about the, the if if we're ever going to do the Godfather, we have to eat spaghetti while what while watching it. That's no. there's no don't, going around. Don't don't play it, my love, like that. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I will <laughs> go to that restaurant I love so much and just do the podcast from there. And we'll, I will yeah, all yeah. the ambiance in the yeah. background. All I'll the do new. it from the table. And we'll just hear occasionally we'll hear. Yeah, yeah. you will. <laughs> It's like uh, oh, oh, we're going off tangents right away. The, the movie dinner, the, the movie dinner rush with Daniel Yellow. Yes, yes. Have you seen it? I, I'm familiar with it. Or, or was it Big Night? 
with uh, Stanley no, no, Tucci. No, no, it's a dinner rush. Oh, I know. Yeah, but I'm you talking about. Seen, yeah, yeah, but I'm. I've, I've heard of that one. I'm, I'm remembering Big Night though. That with Stanley yeah, Tucci. It, it, and, it's like uh, when we're discussing movies, when you have to eat while you're watching it. That's sure. uh, that's yeah. I can't go without food while watching. You no, know, another rush. one just like that. Street trash. Yeah, that one not so much. <laughs> <laughs> just look that one up on a trailer sometime daryl that's all i'm saying all right so, okay, the so the guardian i have three pages of notes and i'm not joking i have one uh on a positive i'm gonna start positive yes. <laughs> the opening credits the font reminded me of the exorcist much like uh sorcerer did so i'm guessing mm-hmm. that yep. is a font that is a a favorite font of mr freakin oh probably font and fonts love yeah. them yes <laughs> And I, even though I believe either Cisco or Ebert made a crack about the look of the movie, I actually, I don't know why, and this is, this is definitely CND talking, I can mm-hmm. admit that, I like that late 80s, early 90s aesthetic in a lot of these movies. It's, it's usually overly stylized, overly slick, overly clean, but there is something about it that I find comforting i guess which is why i assume it's the cnd talking but i do yeah. like i like the look of this I, there was some decent camera moves now the editing so just on another okay that that's the first note <laughs> well, I have. that's the only <laughs> note you need to have because holy crap Ridiculous. holy crap i mean normally in a movie you might say okay well obviously I had to cut that because the mpaa or you might go well i'm just gonna assume they left something this is a scene out because of time. Rarely in a big budget studio type picture directed by an Academy Award winning filmmaker do you go, okay, what the F? Just where, what's yeah. even happening right now? Yeah, this I, looks like I it wrote, was freaking wrote, looking finished. Okay. Yeah, and I read editing and then I had a, a question mark and I said abrupt cuts and then I crossed out abrupt and then I put weird and then I put abrupt back again and then I said <laughs> feels off. It's mm-hmm. a lot of question marks. Oh, yeah. So did you guys notice the book? At the very beginning of the movie. Uh, yes. Yeah, I would hope so. It's actually my favorite cover. It's the original cover for the movie, for the book. Uh, do you tell them what the book was, Peter? It was Stephen King's It. Yes. The I'm assuming it was Camilla Packing because again the editing. You're you're like thinking, okay, I don't know who's doing what. No, no, I don't. I think it was uh, the mother. Uh, was it the couple? The, okay, the, the mother. Okay, away? yeah, I think you're right. They were getting ready. So it, the movie starts. It's a bit of a prologue to set up this whole scenario where this couple has a young baby at I presumably around four weeks old, and they are getting ready to leave, and they're going to leave in the care of a nanny who we're obviously supposed to know is somewhat nefarious, and we're not supposed to know her true identity, mm-hmm. even though. They don't really do a great job hiding it after this point, so I don't know why no. even bother. And her face is in shadows. We don't see her face at first. And <clears throat> there's a older, slightly older sibling that uh, is with the baby as well. Anyway, the reading it, reading a Hansel and Gretel story, a yes, pop-up book. Which, which again, one of the many notes I wrote was, "Wow, I think it would have been great if they could have, I don't know, tied that analogy into the movie better." But other than the book as a plot device, there was nothing. So. Oh, no. The the nanny. I do, do love pop up books though. Oh yeah, pop up. Like, yeah, especially uh, like in uh, the Babadook. Uh, um, Did you guys see Babadook? No. You could tell I'm losing anything I can to not talk about this movie. Babadook. We're trying. Fan- I've seen parts fantastic. of it. Yeah. Fantastic, uh, fantastic yes. movie. Okay, that's a ten as well. So, yes. I saw boobly boo. But why you saw what? Did you see boobly boo? <laughs> boobly. I saw boobly boo. It was better than this film. <laughs> <laughs> we're just making up titles folks to movies that totally exist 
So, so the nanny, yep. the the guardian of the title, nineteen eighty seven. <laughs> she De Niro's in it. De Niro's in it. <laughs> Chris Rock. And Chris Rock before before he was known. And share and share. Chris Rock, share and De Niro in what is it called? Daryl? Boobly boobly boops. Boobly boop. Boobly boop. <laughs> boobly boop two. Boobly boobly boop. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, <Okay. laughs> there's no point. This movie God. sucks. I don't even. <laughs> well, th- there were some some. The worst part, Peter, is you much, and I though. talked about this movie so much, and we both. Yeah, you would send me messages. Oh, see, here's another side, Joel. And I'd be like, yeah. "Yep, you're right, Peter. We got to cover this movie." I'm like, "Yeah," because I remember liking it. He said with that <laughs> that oddly gnawing feeling, like he was totally deceiving himself into thinking it was a good movie. Yeah, but it's William Freakin movie. You would think, Damn right? Because like the story. Okay, I've, like, I've even I've even seen Rampage. The, I the remember Disney Rampage. Stuff. I remember it being yeah. covered in Fangoria. I remember seeing clips of it. I don't think I've ever seen its entirety. So that might be a fun one to cover. Because I remember it being not like this. <laughs> no, no. This doesn't even feel like somebody who knows. You know what this is? Mike Nichols made one horror movie. Okay, Mike mm-hmm. Nichols did The Graduate and some other movies. <laughs> and it, but he t- typically was more in the drama dramedy sec you know section of your local video store he made a horror movie in 1994 starring jack nicholson called wolf you may have heard of it oh i have seen it and have it actually it'd be a fun one to cover too on retro movie i think it would i think we should cover like all those early 90s ones like bram stoker's dracula mary shelley's frankenstein with de niro speaking of so Wolf is not a horrible movie as I remember, but I also remember thinking the whole time, yeah, you can tell this is made by a guy who has never made a horror movie. That yeah. it just it doesn't feel like a horror movie. That's the thing about The Guardian. But here's the problem, and uh-huh. there's no way you can avoid this. It's directed by William. Hey, Ma, I made The Exorcist. You would think, right? Freaking. That, that, yeah. Like if he made nothing else, nothing. Uh, I don't know. He made one of the scariest, most acclaimed horror films ever. The beginning is just about two yuppie, yuppies. Yeah, it's about two just, yuppies. Yeah. But the whole premise is flawed. The, like it's, what they what they yeah. said in the Cisco and Ebert thing. Is it scary that this druid spirit and a tree? Which, by the way, how does she get that tree around? Apparently, when they check her her supposed uh, uh, what are my references? That's the word. Mm-hmm. Back to the whole. I'm turning forty in January, and I can't remember what a freaking <laughs> word is. The references that she was from all, all around the country. Now I realize she faked yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. But I'm also assuming she o- wasn't only in the L.A. you know area. Right. Which of course L.A. Yeah. I'm pretty sure is known for its lush forests in suburbia. I, I, I didn't get it either. No, it, it was weird. I was like. Uh, By the way, if you love the Guardian and you're new to the podcast, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, this is not going to be This is probably the last episode. This is pretty. Go to go no, check out I mean, the sorcerer because Peter, I, I was like, like, okay, so it's in the same neighborhood, and then that's kind of weird because wouldn't was, that be wouldn't that be weird? I don't know, stupid to I mean, kill up. Oh, it was weird. Oh, would it, what, what? No, Peter, would it be stupid to I don't know fake your credentials as a nanny with the exact same service that you used when you're the prime suspect in another baby disappearance? Ding. I was trying to be kind. How come? Hey, okay, guys, I I want to. I, I don't know if you know this, but I actually am a graduate of the uh, Daryl Taylor School of Retroactive <laughs> Filmmaking. 
retroactive movie you making. Boobly boop too. <laughs> I, I, I actually that was, am. That was retrofitted. I yeah, it was retconned. I yeah. am yes, I am apparently on tap to direct Boogly Boo Three. <laughs> Not going to have a tree. <laughs> Not going to have a tree. That's actually the subtitle. That's right. Can't have wood, wood though. There's <laughs> oh, wood in all my films. Yeah. If I disappear, I, I, the lights were flickering here. So oh, if oh. I disappear, oh, yeah. you know why. Here is a quick uh, warning, folks. If Peter disappears, it's because he hates this movie yeah. so much. Yes. He's going he's to faking use, lights he's turned faking off right now. His there. lights turning off. Oh, that's hilarious. You there, Peter? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so a little bit i did nanorimo this year you know what nanorimo is i do i didn't know you were doing that i did it because every year i bug the crap out of my, my wife has got to get so tired of me oh my god the poor woman it's like you've been married to me for almost 20 years hon do you realize that how are you not bat crazy and she then I realized, boy bands. well, I, no, she hates them. She's she's like a. No, she so, likes your boy band. Oh, well, that's true. My wife loves Rocky and 70s classic rock. I and mean, she loves war movies and most horror movies. Seriously. Wow. I got a pretty cool wife. So You do? And she puts up with my crap. Well, that too. But every oh. year I bug her with a, oh, honey, I think I probably should try it because I've always wanted to. And da, 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 da. But knowing full well, I'll uh, my brain is too scattered. I'll never actually follow through with a full novel. And I was right on that, by the way. But I did it every day. <laughs> and as of yesterday, woohoo, wrote her 50,000 words. Sure. What? It's, it's mostly uh, the ramblings of a madman. Which is gonna be <laughs> I want to read that. Wait, no, you don't. Oh, oh no. You? Wait, 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 wait. The rambling. Why? It's like you're stealing titles I want to use. But ramblings of a madman? Actually, I took oh. that from Speed, because isn't that what Dennis Hopper says? No, that's Ravings. Ravings of a madman. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I did it. The reason why I'm bringing it up is, is because I wanted to get in the habit of writing every single day. And I can mm-hmm. I can now crank out about 2,000 words an hour, which isn't too shabby. Now, granted, again, oh. it's stream of consciousness nonsense, but I can do it. So, I decided after watching The Guardian, this morning, I wrote almost 1,300 words of a rant. Now, I'm not going to read it in detail because it needs to be edited because, again, OCD, remember? But oh, yeah. <laughs> but I literally laid out, going back to the the reason why I'm bringing all this up is so it somewhat makes sense, back to the retro, the Daryl Taylor retroactive <laughs> school filmmaking. I laid out how they could have possibly done just one thing in the movie better. Now, this thing will be about 80,000 words if I go through the whole movie. I just, Oof. one moment in the movie that I said, if they had just done this, this one thing, it, it would have been, I don't know, had some suspense in the moment. <clears throat> Early on, after the prologue and the Guardian takes the baby and goes and I guess the tree, she stands in front of it and some kind of lightning blast and the baby just disappears. It's not like she feeds it to the tree or something gruesome that you're like, oh, I can't see this, I can't see this. Literally, the baby's in her hands one minute and then poof! Disappears. Gone. Yep, yeah, and then you totally. see the face in the tree yeah, trunk. You see like a something. carving. It does. It looks like a carving in the tree trunk. Yes. Right. As the man from the booth at the end says uh, later on in the movie. And so, so that happened. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, John, Fo- John, John Connor's foster father from T two. So anyway, so she goes to this new family. She gets and she goes for they they're doing like you said the the boring couple. They're actually the dad Dwyer Brown, the actor. Only thing I re- recognized him from was Field of Dreams. He plays Kevin Costner's character's father, the ghost of him. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. If I'm yeah, not mistaken, yeah. and then Carrie Lowell, I remember. Because she was in Living Daylights, I think it was, was right. license, no, it was license to, kill. No, no, license to kill. license, license to, kill. to kill. License to kill. That was right because that was the uh, one of those. Yeah, that was the one that had the two Bond girls that couldn't act their way out of a wet paper bag, but they were really pleasant to look at, so you didn't care. Well, that oh, well, and there, it was that 
uh, that Bond. The Timothy Dalton Bond. I didn't yeah. hate the Timothy Dalton Bond. I'm not going to lie to you. Didn't hate him. Didn't hate him, but he just I didn't care. I liked him better than Moore. I just, I'm not well, a Roger Moore fan. I mean, that's saying something. He got his body doubled just to go up the stairs. <laughs> so, so, Whoa. so, anyway, so she was I in, so she it. was in that one. You he said it. You did. So she, she was in that Bond movie. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing yes. I knew her from. So there's the a couple. in that movie, too. <laughs> so they have, they have a baby. <laughs> and of course, gee, shock of shocks, they're going to need a nanny. And. Right. Because I don't yeah. know what I want to do with my life. I, but uh, I know I, I know it's 1990, and in order for me to be a true feminist, I have yeah. to work. Well, honey, just take uh, just keep doing what you're doing, and uh, in a year, you can do, you'll figure out what you want to well, do. Well, I don't know, honey, but could, do you think we did a nanny just so she can teach me whether or not I should breastfeed? That's fine. That's because, okay. you know, I'm a college-educated woman who apparently doesn't, who thinks my breast milk is too watery. You're right. That was their lines. I mean, that was basically their we conversation. We might be exaggerating it a smidge. Watery breast milk. That's no emotion. That is a topic like, of conversation. Everything was just level. So there they, was no emotion in it at all. Much Nothing. like Mrs. Doubtfire, we have the scene where they're interviewing the nannies. Yes. Yeah. My favorite nanny is, I like the comedies. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because she, the one who says, I, the, my favorite one was the one who says, I like the comedies because she mentions Family Ties and Golden Girls, which made me smile. Bam. Yeah, she should have been a whole basket of TV guides with her, <laughs> yeah. basically. Yeah. Should have been hired. She should have been. That would have been my favorite nanny. Yeah. So they interview a couple other people. There's this one young lady who is, I guess the gist of it was she was going back to school because she wanted to do something more with her life. So she was mm-hmm. sort of doing the whole, yeah, I'll take the job, but just so we're clear, I'm not going to be here forever. <laughs> yeah, I'll bounce. No, but they, apparently they still liked her and we're going to hire her, even though they never say so and we see her. I'm getting to that part, Peter. Mm-hmm. Believe, believe yeah, you me. the editing. <laughs> so they then settle on, well, they don't settle on yet. They have, the one of the final interviews is... Like goddamn bad music video. Camilla, Camilla played by Jenny Seagrove. Again, easy on the eyes. As, yes. as was the other young lady, a uh, potential nanny as well. But apparently this one, the wife is the only one that she commented on to her husband. Like, hmm, she's not hard to look at. He's like, oh, you're jealous? <laughs> and whatever. Now, now, of course, at this point, I'm thinking, well, why would it matter? You're going to probably be, both be at work and she's going to be with your kid. Oh, a yeah. little later on, you find it's because the nanny's going to live in their flipping house. Wow. What? What is she, Alice from the Brady Bunch? That made no sense unless she was a foreign exchange student and yeah, she had no way Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it made no sense at all other than to have an excuse to show her boobies a lot. That was pretty much the only thing I could come up with. I don't need a big excuse for that. I was going to say, at the same no, time, you could have still had you know some of those scenes take place. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so <laughs> this the girl, though, that turns out is their pick, and they do the, the classic, okay, I'm going to write down a name, you write down a name, and then we'll just show each other. Okay, and go. Cut to, jump cut to the the one of the girls, the one that was going to be... The, Arlene, going back, I think uh, was. It, was it Arlene? Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay, the one who's going to go back to college and seemed somewhat yes. aloof as far as whether or not she gave a crap mm-hmm. about even being there. Right. And... Okay, we'll get into who she was played by. Okay. <laughs> who was she played by? You want to say it now? Teresa Randall. Why do I know She's that? in Bad Boys 1 and 2. Oh, the... Uh, the now are we referring to the Sean played, Penn bad boys Teresa. or the Martin Lawrence? She's Martin Lawrence's wife, Will Smith. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Martin, she was she was in Near Dark. 
Who was she in Near Dark? I don't know. It. She had a small part. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Huh. King of New York. Not oh, I remember from King of New York. Sugar Hill. Okay. Sugar Hill. I remember. That's another. I should have put that on the list. Oh, you know, no, no. You know, we need to put it on the list. I watched it for the first time. And I always wanted to see it. Uh, did you ever see Fresh? Hell yeah, dude. That, that, dude, that is a awesome movie. I was, I saw that maybe the first time three months ago. Oh, really? Yes, I'd never seen it. I was going through my Netflix. Maybe it was maybe more like six months ago. I'm going through my Netflix queue. I'm like, I wanted to see that. I remember that was Samuel L. Jackson, blah, blah, blah. And I remember it had to do with chess and the kid is involved yeah, in gang. Yeah. And oh my God. It's sort of like a micro movie sp- uh, spirit animal of the wire. Like it has I can't that, believe there are mo- I, there are movies I can't believe you didn't. I really. never saw. It. I'm very familiar with that. I remember when it came out. I remember Cisco and Ebert reviewing it, and loving it, and I was like, oh yeah, I want to see that. Uh, and I never did. Yeah, it was, really it was a bigger, there was a string of movies yep. where there was uh, one young kid trying Protagus. to get out yep. of the ghetto. Yes, a lot. There was. It seems like that time period, that early '90s. Mm-hmm. Like Finding Forrester, I think. Yeah, well, that, that time came out a little well. later. Was that like '97? Oh, okay, yeah. I liked Fresh. Ooh. I liked Fresh better than Finding Forrester. Well, they were two. I mean, they weren't the same. Same. It yeah. was, you know, Finding Forrester was just that was uh, old white guy. Yes, that was touring young yes, black child. That's what it was. Yeah. That was Sean Connery. Wasn't yeah, it? Sean Connery. Yes, what is the line? Evolved. There's a line he has in that movie that's just obnoxious. He yells it out. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. There's some. It's one of the. I, I, uh, whatever. Anyway, back to the Guardian. <laughs> you stopped your own tangent. <laughs> I totally probably. did because I was like, I don't even care. All right, so uh, yeah, I started it with Teresa Randall. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah, she gets. She gets. Uh, I don't know what the hell happened. Okay, well, let me let me off. let me say this. Let me say. This. So what happens is, <laughs> she's oh. she's riding a bike. She's obviously a very athletic young lady, right? She's mm-hmm. she's very now mm-hmm. fit. Uh, fit. She's riding a bike just suddenly on on some road, some canyon road somewhere, and without warning, she goes care- pretty much something happens. I can't remember. Did somebody cut her off or something happens that causes her bike to go over the edge, and she's yeah. suddenly dead, uh, presumably, in this yeah. al- giant aloe plant. I don't even know what that thing was. It was like this giant... Right. It tumbles over and the bike explodes. That's a huge. No, sorry, wrong one. Yeah, you're wrong one. The bike didn't. <laughs> yes, it was. It was the car the, that the bike ran into that exploded. When it goes over a cliff. Yeah, of course, it's true. Even even a ten speed. So yes. she lands on this plant and she's just there in this weird pose. It is a aloe, isn't it? Shouldn't that heal her? Yeah, I was gonna say if it, if it was an aloe plant. <laughs> so, <laughs> I see what you did. Yeah, there. but here, here's my here's what I came up with as my my master's thesis for the Daryl Taylor School of Retroactive Filmmaking. Mm-hmm. I came up. I literally this morning wrote thirteen hundred and two words. Majority of it is about this that sequence. Because You're kidding. I'm not joking. Oh, I'm not joking. I literally went on this rant to myself about that You're sequence. Crazy. I am, and I wrote it in about thirty minutes. 1300 words, all ranting, just about. I will edit it and maybe at some point put it up. So I went through and discussed the fact that all they had to do, now it's not the most original thing in the world, but this is really all they had to do, is establish her as a character for like two seconds beyond that little moment in the montage where we see her maybe getting ready to, you know, she says bye to her family, whatever. Her, she's with her, you know, she takes care of her mom. Her mom's an old lady or something. She, oh, hey, okay, I'll be back, ma. Gives her a kiss, leaves. We see her get on her bike. She's going to her first day on the job, huh? So we know where the hell she's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you never. You don't even know. Get she's like, that. Just, it's random. She's just. Yeah, it's totally random. She's out biking. There's no connection yeah. to the family. Yeah. Nothing at this point. We know. We assume she's the one they picked because they held up their pick their little. Work 
words to each other and then it cuts to her. So the assumption has to be it's her. But we never right. get told that. We never see anything. Like if she just, her, you know, maybe say her, oh yeah, mom, I'm going to be late. You know, it's the first day on the job. Obviously, better dialogue than that, but something to that effect. So we know where the hell she's going. She gets on her bike. She starts pedaling. Well, about that time, we would see maybe somebody watching her from across the street, whatever, in a car. Mm. I'm totally cool with us seeing... Or from a tree, because it's a... Oh, that's true. I guess she could be in a tree. But, but I, I'm getting there why I said a car. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm pulling a little bit from Silver Bullet here, so follow my logic. Oh. And she, so somebody's watching, maybe somebody in the shadows, because obviously, again, we want to show that this is something mysterious, that, oh, we don't know who the Guardian really is going to be. Whatever. Right. I say it would have been fine to know. I think in, in suspense, it's okay if we know something they person that's in danger doesn't know because it amps up the danger so so we see this woman camilla spoiler alert sitting in the car for something that doesn't exist sitting in the car (laughs) watching her bike off and then she starts following her (laughs) then that's how ocd i am about spoilers i give them for your own movie for something that doesn't exist for for me uh, retroactively rewriting a movie scene (laughs) I just did a spoiler. Adding spoilers as you go. <laughs> and he did it like a legit, like a yeah, legit no. movie. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so she's riding her bike, and then she'd put on those really awesome late 80s, early 90s headphones for her Sony uh, Walkman with a cassette tape, and she pops a cassette tape in, and we'd hear like the Ramones or something a la Pet Cemetery, uh, 20, 20, 24 yeah, hours ago. Too. So she's riding along completely oblivious, but we know she's being followed, see? But then what would happen what car, what car? By, by the Camilla's car, which I'm thinking is probably, you know, it's a Beamer? late, and I'm thinking a, I'm thinking a Yugo, oh, a no, Yugo, no. something like a Yugo. <laughs> what is the weather? That would have, been, that would have taken more damage than the bike. <laughs> well, I felt like if it was something too overpowering, it would be unrealistic. So, <laughs> you gotta have something that can knock over a bike. God damn it. Spoilers, fellas. Come on now. So, so she starts, basically, she would, she picks up pretty quick that somebody's following her on this, in this car. A uh-huh. chase would, hence the, the, uh, Silver Bullet reference. If you recall, mild spoiler alert for Silver Bullet, there's a scene where a antagonist in a car is chasing somebody in a not car. Let's just put it that way. Oh, you mean the real movie? Yeah, I remember the movie Silver Bullet. Yes, I'm saying something like that. So well, she's getting chased. You don't have to put spoilers on that. We could, we. We spoiled the crap yeah, out but, of that Yeah, but maybe somebody listening to this episode <laughs> who really has had their heart set on seeing Silver Bullet for years now has not listened never to that know. episode. Uh, you just never know. So, <laughs> which just saying that just seemed stupid as it was coming out of my mouth. So, <laughs> needless to say, the girl on the bike, Arlene, realizes that you know somebody's following her. She starts taking off, and it turns out that Camilla riding the Yugo, riding it, not driving it, by the way, because you just ride a Yugo. <laughs> Now that's the movie. <laughs> she she. <laughs> uh, it's a male car. How do you know? I can see its little balls. So it. She's right. It, it essentially her. It herds Arlene towards a forest bike path. So it sort of pushes her towards the forest. Now here is where hey, I. Spoiler alert. Okay, I'm saying okay. Everything here on out. Spoiler alert for my non-existent, uh, retroactively made. Oh my goodness. Rewriting of the scene in the movie that never happened. So she she would drive her, you know, push her towards this bike path, and she would end up in the forest. Now, here's the thing. Number one, 
in this movie for it to actually be scary i say you had to tweak the mythology of whatever the type of spirit animal thing this woman is supposed to be this druid creature hydra something or other camera it's some kind of pixie fairy thing so all you had to do was to go evil dead with it rather than one friggin' tree that she has to sort of push everybody toward or they have to be morons and run toward she, she why not have some sort of command over a entire forest La la the evil dead. I don't know. Just a thought. So she would push this girl like through into the forest. Things would start happening, you know, roots coming up and freaking her out. So now we're establishing all this weird crap that's happening related to a forest. Mm-hmm. But it would all essentially drive her out. Maybe because, you know, bike pass her, you know, through a little forest in L.A., what's that, maybe 20 feet. So she would end up on the, <laughs> on the other side. Don't, don't hit her too hard. You'll knock her over the forest. Yeah. And it basically would push her out into traffic, which there's a lot more of in L.A. LA as she gets hit by a truck or gets knocked over the cliff that way my point being it would have at least had some suspense now I realize it would have taken longer to shoot and would have cost more money but at least it would have I don't know created some suspense and then it would make sense Camilla would know she's dead because she helped kill her ass and she would note up I'm just going to go slip right in there and take the job and now we understand the danger this family's in and we understand that she has some kind of weird command over the entire forest, not just a tree. Because I so, want to get Joel, to- Creed was a good movie. Creed was fantastic. <laughs> I say see Creed 18,000 times before you see The Guardian <laughs> once. Oh. Kingpin from 1996 is funny. What, what is? <laughs> oh, sorry. No, oh, Kingpin? Oh, yeah. We don't got a cow. We got a bull. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, when I first saw I literally, I was working in a movie theater in the booth. When he comes over and he has a huge, pay, mild spoiler alert for a joking kingpin, he has a bucket filled with a white substance, and he starts to drink it. And he goes, yeah, it was out milking the cow. And we don't got a cow. We got a bull. I was in the booth of a movie theater, and I literally, I was at work. I lost it yeah. to the point where I almost started to wet my pants. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I got to go back down there, and I may have a pee stain. Just a little one. Just a pee stain on the front. Of my work pants. I do have one question about the film, though. Uh, The Guardian or Kingpin? Uh, The Guardian. (laughs) Okay, go for it. Okay. Okay. Um, Why? It's illegal to come into a a hospital and take someone's baby, right? Is it? No, because see, what I think is, if someone's going to come in and take your baby, you just stare at them and go, what are you doing? Stop. Wait. No. Don't take my baby. Please. Well, Well, I don't get is that... It's your baby, so why are you running? Good call. Hmm. Before we get to that point, though, Daryl, because I thought of that. that, That's a that's a good one. I I really, I guess, the question I have is, and obviously, my sort of lame retroactive rewriting of that scene. Spoiler alert aside. Why did no one at any stage of the game in this go, "Hey, yeah, this really makes no sense and isn't working"? You know what I mean? When you okay, just a couple questions. I have some too. Okay, good, good, good. First off, Jake is only two weeks old, theoretically. That's the son of the main couple, correct? Right. Yes, the boring yuppie couple. Okay, as a father of three children, mm-hmm. I've been around some babies. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if that baby was two weeks old, mm-hmm. I'm older than Daryl and Peter, meaning I'm 65. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, because the way that baby. Yeah, it's like uh, six react, months old. React. Like it, 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 it's like they put in like baby laughter when the dad came in. Uh, it you sure, recognize that? Yes. 
Yeah. My favorite point, wait, wait, my favorite little touch is later on when the character played by Brad Hall, Ned, that's the neighbor, the architect who apparently built their house that just lives in their neighborhood and fixes doors and stuff. He yep. he comes in and there's a toy, like a little ducky toy on the ground in the foyer right in front of the door. Now, mm-hmm. if you've got toddlers, that makes sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. But why would a, a three or four week old or whatever he is at that point, why would his snuggly be just down on the ground in front of the front door? Why would you know what I mean you don't put a baby that young just randomly in front of your front door just leave it there? I mean I'm saying like it doesn't they don't have toys like that it doesn't you know what good I'm saying question. yeah good question it was weird it was like what are those little moments where I'm like did, did, did anybody in this production ever like even go near a kid at any point in their life did they have anybody that they knew Probably. that had kids what did you no, say no I don't think no but again it, this this movie's weird I mean there's so much it's not good weird I think, though uh, yeah no 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 I mean I, I, like the editing and the writing I, I, it feels like. And then I read the trivia that uh, Freakin rewrote the script a couple of times, and he wasn't the original director, so uh, mm-hmm. it might have gotten rewritten a bunch of times. But still, right. they threw that baby all over the place. That that fake yeah, baby, they threw that, that baby around. Baby. Even when she gra- when he comes in the room and he goes, "Something about that's my baby," and then knocks her across yeah. the room. Yeah, I mean that he, that baby should have broken the neck. Yeah, I mean the way he grabbed the baby out of her arm. Were any of you expecting him to look at her at some point and say this? Give me back my son! Yes. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah, Give me back I my do. son! Ransom, isn't it? Yes, my favorite line from Ransom. Mel oh, Gibson, he yells like, a lot. Give me back my son! The way the dad reacted. <laughs> he did. That was the only emotion he ever had. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, even when he was having a wet dream, he wasn't that yeah. excited. That's true. It was like, oh, he wake, yeah, he wakes up like, oh, yeah. Never, wait, no, honey, just go back to sleep. I'm thinking, wait a minute. You woke up after that dream and you're just telling your wife to go back to sleep? Okay, whatever, dude. Oh, you have sex with her and pretend you were dreaming about her? Yeah. I mean, I, honey, mean, I didn't honey, say that. Honey, not the dare, there a not, in the bed? I don't know. I didn't say that. No, I didn't. Where's Ooh. the tent, honey? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Why'd you put it up here in the bed? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, okay, I remember I'm one of I remember one of my ex-wives hit me in the head because she knew <laughs> I was say, having wait, wait, wait. Did you say somebody. one of your ex-wives? <laughs> did you say one? Please tell me how many ex-wives you have and please make it a double-digit number. Go ahead. That was about, was, I think that was the 33rd one. Okay. Damn it. Yeah. Well, at least you didn't knee you in the crutch. Oh, that was the 34th one. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I had it coming because I had a double dream <laughs> at the time. Okay, they call that a double dribble. Okay. I would dribble. Would three potential rapists, Whoa. Yes. yes, chasing a beautiful woman and her baby, presumably? Why? Is, yeah, wait, that's enough. Would they? Would they? Yeah. Would they actually be scared of a tree? Was L.A. that bad back then that even enough. men wanted to yeah. sexually it, it rape? It literally was as if a scene, as if a, the, some cast members from either Deliverance or I Spit in Your Grave had wandered onto the wrong movie set. Actually, it looked worse than that. It looked like Mad Max. Yeah, they were. There was a Mad Maxian vibe to one of one or two of them, yeah. And I guess what I found odd is so she's in the woods for, for, you know, communing with nature with the baby. Right. And they're doing such a good job at this point. Like, oh, is she the guardian? Is she not the guardian? I don't even know. This is going to be a big twist. I can't even right. see this coming. So she's there with the baby. These three and you dude- woke up and realized you were watching this movie. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh, that's right. I ser- right. It's a movie's an hour and a half long. I checked my watch like eight times. I felt it all that time. I felt it all. <sighs> so 
she's in she's in the woods on this blanket, mm-hmm. whatever, and these three drunk douchebags walk in, walk into her, and it obviously it's gonna turn into a hole, we're gonna rape you, blah blah blah. And and so she get, tries to get away, and she's obviously luring them deeper in the woods, which is what I said she should have done to Arlene with the whole bike and the Yugo thing. Right. So yeah. so they chase her down, and at uh-huh. some point they can't find her, and they stop, and they look up, and there's this giant old dead gnarled tree. Now, don't get me wrong, it's an old dead gnarled tree. Uh-huh. And if you're, say, the little kid in Poltergeist, and it's directly outside your, bath, your bedroom, and a thunderstorm hits, I could see being scared of it. But yes. being a grown-ass drunk man who is apparently a potential rapist, I'm just going to throw it out there, probably wouldn't react the way they do when they see this no. tree. Now, no. they have they have wood of their own. If if they if they say had <laughs> just saying. if they what did you say, Daryl? I see what you did there. Yes. Peter. If they had her and I guess somebody could be there well it's because the tree is got some sort of spirit connected to it so maybe mm-hmm. they sensed the evil yeah because why because they you know, it takes one to know one I, I why would they there was nothing that indicated going back no. to it wasn't in the text people nope. there was nothing that made them go uh if the roots had suddenly raised up around them okay but and that does eventually yeah. happen which let's get yeah, to that yeah so after they go to attack her they take the knife and cut her tummy and they don't really do it very hard and it's a big ass bowie knife type knife but he does it but is it did blood sort of spurt out like there was a vein there it was weird on her yeah right on her, yes on right next to her belly button so they end up the tree the roots come up and i will say that the deaths were almost gratuitously gory it just it didn't it was just sudden yeah. Suddenly yeah, someone's head is are. exploding and the, yeah, the, guess what the first time i saw this i didn't see that Oh, I bet you didn't. It's, it's sort of uh, like they went from going to attack her to she's walking back to the house. Cut. I bet it was. Was the body uh, spontaneously combusting cut? Because that was weird. It just yeah, that was uh, yeah, yeah, just uh, yeah. That That's was weird. probably more su- sudden than Arlene's death. It just poof, catches flame for no reason. Yeah. No, you know, there's no nothing to ignite it. It just catches flame. No. And it's not like a little burning flame that uh, grows bigger. It just like that. And I guess this is the point where we first get to see the canines that are somehow connected to the spirit. Oh, that's what they were? Okay, yeah. no, no. Here's here's my question. Here, back to question Q&A time. They yes. called them coyotes. Um, were those not wolves? Because they look like wolves to me. I've they, seen, yeah, we have coyotes. Me too. We have coyotes yeah. in our neighborhood. I one morning at 5... I like, like that. I was 5.30 in the morning. I'm walking my dog. Thank God he's 140-pound Great Pyrenees. I'm walking him along the road there, and I see this mangy-looking animal. Just I was like, is that a really big fox? Like I couldn't tell. It was just... And I was like, no, it's too big to be a fox. He's real scrawny-looking. He's just staring at us right under the streetlight. It was creepy. He's just staring at us, and I guess he looked at my dog, looked at me, and was like, yeah, it ain't worth it, and just hauled butt. So <laughs> that's what a coyote looks like. That is not what I saw in this movie. No. They look like wolves. They look like wolves to me. So they eat one of the rapist guys, which, you know, whatever, good riddance. But uh, I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's see. Uh, any other. And Ned. Oh, they do eventually eat Ned. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing that bothered me, too. Um, when someone comes to you, this is your baby. Sure. Okay. This sure. is your baby. Sure. When someone comes to you and says, uh, this babysitter that you just hired is fake and it stole my baby. Yes. No, she wouldn't do that. No, no, 
I don't believe she was you. Naked in my bathroom, so I don't believe. No, her. and I'm saying to myself, you just met her. You know why? You could. I can what? tell you why, Daryl. I can tell you why? why. Because the actress telling you that uh-huh. is the lady who is married to Brian Doyle Murray's character in Christmas Vacation. Is that why? That's why. Oh, yeah. Okay. The boss, Chevy Chase's character. Oh, okay. <laughs> No, I honestly have no good answer. I also wanted to ask the question of would it not, I don't know, creepy. It could be anything. Like, listen, this is my baby. I did just had this, just my child. Your child. Your, your first, your first child. I got to pay your first for son. this thing for the rest of his yeah. life, right? If you, want, if you want to be sentimental about it, sure. <laughs> right. Okay. So I just met you. You just came out of nowhere. Sure. You, I just hired you. But I look like, okay. Je- but I look like Jenny Seagrove. Yeah. yeah. But still, okay. I just hired you, though. Wouldn't it be really weird if I talked like this and I look like Jenny Seagrove? I just tell you don't talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's I was going to make a really, really tasteless joke. I know you about were. the inability to talk with your mouth open. <laughs> what is wrong with you today? I don't understand. Creed, it it it, it got me so invigorated with testosterone. <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet it did. So, uh, so anyway, okay. there's no background to support him being so, so defensive of her. Okay. There's yeah. no background whatsoever in this movie. Nothing to well, connect Okay, it. so speaking of no background, would you find it weird, just a little bit, if, say, the nanny you just hired, because if you follow mm-hmm. the time of the movie, it's only been maybe at most a day or two, is taking a naked bath with your baby? Now, my baby's yeah. a tiny baby. In the middle of the night. In the middle yeah. of the night, just in the bathtub, butt naked with my baby with the door wide Guess open. Guess what ain't happening? That ain't happening because you're going to get the hell out of my house. Yeah, because that's weird. Now, if I walk, it's if it's the baby's mother, totally normal. If it's the baby's father, like, you know, you got the baby in your wife. You, you are a lot. Baby mother and baby father, yeah, yes. Yeah, you get a pass. But, but babysitter? But random babysitter the, you, who you just hired. And like, if she was giving the baby, I would still find it odd to be doing that, quite frankly, probably for anybody. But certainly the nanny would be doing that in the middle of the night. But if she's just giving the baby bath, oh, he pooped himself, got everywhere. Okay. That's okay, different. Right. But yeah, yeah. you wake me up. Yeah, but then it comes back to the question, why is she living in their house? What is the benefit of no her need. living there? They're Not, there at night. I mean, what are they going to say? Well, we got to get up early for work, so she takes care of What? You, are you going to no, be involved? You what? come in the morning, you come to the house in the morning, and then you take care of the kid in the morning, and then I come home, you get the hell out. Do you think they're, do they think they were maybe 19th century aristocrat, aristocrats who had to have, you know, the nanny, the au pair on call 24 7 because they don't actually want to be bothered with their child <laughs> i'm thinking that these i'm thinking that people that wrote this are people that have a lot of money and, and not much time they barely and maybe know their own they kids think names. that that's what yeah. people do yeah that's a good point i think about that that's a good point but yeah i think i think that that's a, that's when people are out of touch because in, in actuality no you wouldn't do that like no nobody's yeah. doing that uh. unless you hire someone from i mean you do hire nannies from other countries and they come into the country and so that they have a visa to be here their job is to work for you sure so they live with you sure yeah but you the other thing and i only know that because i used to date a nanny she used to actually be a nanny was she your nanny for at the time? Family. that would be kind of hot <laughs> oh she had such big boobs <laughs> oh my god she has such a Oh, where? Why? What is wrong with me today? I, we, none of us are focusing today. Uh, I don't know what it is. I can't imagine why, why we would want anything at all to distract us from this. Was her breast milk watery? Of course. Okay, Ned, the Brad Hall, the architect guy. <laughs> Ned Runcie. 
Brad Hall. Yes. If if you had um, followed Camilla out into the night, mm-hmm. and then you followed her up to this big fence that was had barbed wire all on the top of it, and there's yeah, no other apparent. Int- would you just say maybe go? For, huh. That's what? No, I'm not screw that. I'm just going to follow her over the barbed wire fence. How about I don't care where she's going. He, I, he had wood, too. Listen, uh, <laughs> I, I ain't following women out into the forest. Even if they ask me to come out with them, I'm, we not going out into the forest. Because nope. I know things happen like that. After yes. he does follow her out, though, right? He sees her yeah, communing with a tree, he, naked, yeah. of course. Idiot and desperate. Yes. Well, here's my question. Why is it that a little later on, and we'll get to this, she's able to make a crime scene vanish? Another question, and, yeah. And yet, and yet she gets a cut on her tummy, uh-huh. and she has to almost do the uh, uh, avatar thing, like she has to like, commune with the tree and plug herself in or whatever to get it healed. Uh-huh. I didn't get that. I didn't get why that needed, what she needed to physically... Oh, what? If you have the magic to make things just disappear, then just walk up to the baby and just make the baby appear in the forest. Yeah, and what, that was the other thing. What were? Why would you have to wait to that exact moment? And now you could say, well, because part of the ritual is it has to be on a specific night, a specific uh, yeah, time. Yeah, but they yeah, never yeah, said and, that. And again, the blood had to change. The, oh yeah, it, that was it my had favorite to thing. From baby yeah. blood, yes. to, to grow she up knows blood, that. Which is which is first with the baby. Baby blood. Yeah, she goes. Did <laughs> you know that? Do you know your? Do you know I the know. baby's blood changes? First off, I would look at my wife and go, why does she know uh, that? That's yeah. creepy. Totally yeah, creepy. That, that was like, and the other thing is um, the baby is sick, right? At some point, yes. He goes unconscious. Um, Which the, the other baby, baby is, never did. Is, is wheezing like a grown man. It sounds like General Grievous. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to tell her to do it and then be passive. I'm going to take my child. Oh, and we're getting it, and we're calling an ambulance. I'm not. This is not an ask permission thing to do. No, they were, yeah, that's right. They were going to call the the doctor in the morning. And the babysitter doesn't tell yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't. You don't need to do that. The baby's fine. Yeah, you I don't think of- it's necessary. Listen, we're not having a dis- why this. Is for, yeah, a why are we? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no discussion. So I'm the boss. Ned, Ned the the neighbor architect guy who has the hots for her after he follows her into the woods, she sends the coy wolves after him and right. and they surround his house he has a shotgun which you know lots of architects in la in the valley totally over there do. totally have sitting right. over their fireplace and uh-huh. he goes to look for the shotgun shells in what appear to be either a cassette tape or vhs tape cabinet he was opening the drawers and they were tapes yeah. i'm thinking I, a may, may not have nodded off at this point what <laughs> <laughs> just, just so you know, that was only no, 38 minutes into the movie. I'm just kidding. It was a little further than that. I played Call of yeah. Duty while I watched Call it. Of Duty. <laughs> the only way to get through it is to be able to shoot other things. That's true. That makes sense. Well, speaking of shooting other things, <laughs> wouldn't you know where the shotgun shells were in your house? Or at least have some idea and probably know they wouldn't be behind the VHS tapes. No, it, it, I would it, say it, yes, no. but after the the amount of, of dumb people who love guns who have... Um, accidentally shot themselves or other people in their house because they're, of their negligence, I would say that is the only thing that might be uh, okay. Well, it might be okay some people are very for, careless. But, with what, their, but what I'm saying is, but he would still have an idea of where the shells were. If you were to look and read some of the reports of some of the people that have shot themselves in their house. Yeah, but that means their guns are already loaded. 
Well, yeah, but if they shoot themselves, they might not. Or know their that kids have found the bullets sure. in different yeah. places. No, no, I get that. But what I'm, no, what I'm saying is, here's a guy. Mm-hmm. Just going purely based on what we're seeing here in this scene. Right. Here's a guy who mm-hmm. lives by himself. He has a shotgun prominently displayed over his fireplace. So he obviously has this thing and theoretically would know how to use it. Wouldn't you think he would at least have the sense, scared or not, to not be searching for the shotgun? Okay, if he had just entered someone else's home. Yes. In a, in say Night yep. of Living Dead style. No, I, I, yes. I, I get where you're You see saying. what I'm saying? Like you would be searching yeah. in yeah. drawers and That's true. But that's how he acts. It's like dude, this is your bedroom. What are you doing? Right. I, oh, I, I would know the shotgun yeah. shells are in my closet somewhere or they're in the... no, it's, it's because uh, the last party he went to, again, the retroactive move school of filmmaking, <laughs> uh, in a scene we haven't seen or doesn't exist. He was right. at a party and then he came home and decided to play around with the shelves, go hide and seek. And he, he hid the shelves. From himself, yeah. So now right. he can't find them. You know what? That's that's what happened. So he can't find them again. Right. Spoiler for a scene that doesn't exist. Duh. <laughs> Sorry. God, yeah. Too late. Yeah. Yeah. I I get what you're saying. It should, wouldn't he have known where they were? Yeah. You, I just thought, and I thought it was just a weird place to look for them. So even if you weren't sure, it's like, oh, what drawer did I put him in? Opening drawers, but bedside table. Okay. Dresser drawers. Okay. VHS or cassette tape cabinet drawer what like who would put them there it didn't even make sense i, I, I no. don't know look in the sock drawer might be there <sighs> or the underwear yeah and <laughs> yeah i think we already covered the fact yeah, of why floor. why would camilla the evil demon druid guardian lady use the exact same child care agency as a front twice see you're trying to make sense of it yeah, you need to stop. Okay, and you know what? It's interesting because it's going to seem totally hypocritical. I was thinking about this today, but between bitching about the editing and the nonsensical <laughs> plot, there are plenty of movies I like that would also have the same criticism easily, easily leveled against them. I would level it, but yeah, I some, find something endearing about them. One movie comes to mind, this would definitely have to go on for Forgotten Flicks for next year. Do you ever see Monster Dog? No. Starring Alice, sure. Alice Cooper? No, oh, I've never seen it, this. It's an Italian film. I think it's directed, I can't remember the guy's name, but I think it's directed by the same guy who directed Troll 2. So that should give you an idea. Hmm. Ooh, that kind of kind of ties into this one because uh, the, uh, the architect dude, he was in Troll. That's right. I thought I recognized him from something. Okay. <laughs> so. Anyway. It, no, no, but it, Alice, it, Cooper. It, it, Alice Cooper Monster Dog is a poorly edited, just it's, 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 it's a mess. Okay. But I, something about it I find endearing, but. When I consider the full context of it, of who directed it, it's an Italian-made production. They actually dubbed over Alice Cooper's, even though Alice Cooper is an uh, you know American actor, they dubbed over his voice as if he was an Italian actor, like the other actors in the no, movie. No, yeah, no, it's it's because they record uh, everything as they don't stop. If there's a car outside, they yeah, don't. They just keep going. Because so everything they, was they ADR. Dub everything yeah. afterwards. Yeah. So, so right. but they did have him come back and do it. Though they had somebody else. So okay. It's, it's okay. not his yeah, voice through the whole movie. They do like a Mel Gibson and Mad Max to him. I mean, it's weird. So, but, okay, so that movie, you could easily level many of the same criticisms at it, but here's the difference. William the Exorcist Friedkin. Freaking Friedkin, people. That's the problem here. Oh, man. It it feels like they tapped out of this movie a long time ago. (sighs) I I agree with this good neighbor. I think this is literally, remember Lance Henriksen calling them alimony movies? This had to be yeah. that. This had to be that. Yeah, I, mean, I was even that irritated with it. Uh, I was like, 
Why is he drawing in the dark? Why the hell don't they turn on some lights? They were eating in the dark when he was mm-hmm. drawing. I don't know people who draw in the dark. You can't see what you're drawing. Good, it's like they're trying good, to, good try, point. I don't know, trying to, trying to save on save money on lights. I don't know. Well, why the hell don't they turn on some lights? When, when Daryl brought up the whole idea of he goes to the the mother of the first child that's taken at the beginning of the movie, the the husband does. Uh, the, what was it? Phil, right? Wasn't that the the main dad? Uh, I think it was Phil. Phil. Yeah, Phil. Yeah. yeah. He, he goes to the woman. She t- she's giving him these warnings about, I'm telling you, her name was Diane. My nanny's name was Diana. Yours may be Camilla, but it sounds like it's the same person, which it does beg the question, how did she even find out about that? Yeah. Like, how did yeah. she find out? Like, well, who would have given her the information from that agency to let them know that that's where Di- Diana slash Camilla would even be? But okay, we'll even give them that. Wouldn't you, like, to your point, Daryl, why wouldn't you have immediately gone straight to the cops? Like, why wouldn't you have just immediately? And even if it's not, if she's wrong, let yeah. them. But just I, say, want hey, her I just want to make you aware of something. It's kind of sure. weird, you know, some weird it's stuff. It's my kid. I mean, this is my kid. There's I, a lot of whys in this movie. Oh, but, but then to reinforce. They don't act like parents is what the problem is. <laughs> no kidding. So to, but to reinforce <laughs> the whys. So Ned, when he's brutally killed by the coy wolves or whatever, uh-huh. she. Camilla shows up and does this move where she just passes her hand and in sort of this late yeah, 80s, early 90s yeah, the, video yeah. toaster dissolve mm-hmm. effect. The blood just slowly disappears yeah. off the phone. And, off here, of the, and here's right. another why. Why didn't you put the phone back on the hook? Oh, no. Here's a better it. why. Here's a better why. So Ned okay. had called his friend Phil mm-hmm. to warn him, Hey, your nanny's no good. I just saw her in the woods. Something weird's going on, dude. He sounds all hysterical. He's freaking out. So she, uh-huh. she kills him. He dies. Like you said, she doesn't hang up the phone. Now, Ned gets that message. He's just met recently with the woman who's told him, Hey, watch out for this lady. Does, right. He just has gone through his house. Hey, where's the baby? The baby and the nanny are missing. What's his knee jerk response. I'm going to go run to Ned's house and see what's wrong. What? What? So he gets there. Wait, he gets there. To your point, Peter, not only she not hung up the phone, apparently she literally just dropped it because I don't know how this happens, but he turns around the corner and the phone is like slowly moved, swinging, like somebody just dropped it. Yeah. Phones don't do that. Uh, no. It was the night before. It was like the <laughs> next day. Why is the phone swinging? Uh, there was a wind. Oh, my God. Uh, there was... Uh... Uh, uh, I have nothing. <sighs> so needless to say. Yeah, well, there, there is, uh, I mean, and again, what, what we've talked about before, what actually irritates me the most, because this had premises to be a good movie. It could have been. Do so you think so? I think if you keep the the mythology intact the way they did, I think it, it even on its face is just a ridiculous idea. And not and look, so is Evil Dead. But the difference was Evil Dead. They made the for the entire forest is going to kill you. It's ominous. This it's like okay, there's this old gnarly tree with some baby faces carved into it, and this creepy naked chick walking around. And apparently, as long as your dumbass doesn't run directly toward the tree, you're fine. Well, you would follow her. She could walk around naked. You would. Yeah, except that that almost never happens. It's I usually know. people running like with a, I got my baby. So I'm going to do I'm going to run into the forest. I'm just going to run away from her and run conveniently in this whole forest. Of course, it is L.A. So it's probably you know, maybe 20 square feet. I'm going to run directly <laughs> at this tree. Now, I, I, the only thing I actually liked about it. Well, 
the redeeming thing at the end when she is following the dad when she's floating in the air that i like yeah, that was creepy yeah, it was okay it was it was a marginally effective atmospheric shot but that that yes. but i kept thinking okay so you can fly now well she must she must have been able to do it before because when she, when ned is following her uh, when he gets to that barbed fence she sure. must have flown over it but or, we should have seen that that would have been a good way to establish that yeah i, but I, I don't know he I'm, was the, the love blind i don't know i got love Damn it. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> why, why is the fu- why? And by the way, when Phil goes and confronts the when Camilla comes back with the baby, he's now gone to Ned's house. Something nefarious has happened because you know a phone was swinging, and yeah. he's That's talked. Always a bad sign. It's always a bad sign. He's talked to the woman who's warned him about her, and he wants to know why she hasn't taken the baby to the doctor. He's starting to yell. He's starting to do the whole "Give me back my son" mentality. Why yes. does his own wife come in and start getting upset with him? <laughs> did, did, am I wrong? Did she do that? No, if, I, you're not wrong. Said, you're right. Phil, why are you doing this? What, what is it, your sister or something? What the hell? I don't know. I People did dumb th- I don't know. What the, you can't even make your cocaine argument, can you, at this point? No, I don't. No. This is just, I don't care. This is just, and, and again, and, and the big why here is, why the hell is Miguel Ferrer and uh, yeah. Sandra Berkeley in this movie? That was my next thing i want to point out miguel ferreira okay. <laughs> and xander berkeley two fantastic actors well i'd say xander berkeley you could argue was pretty or i mean relatively speaking early in his career i mean this is before yeah, t2 he has two he has more than 220 sure, credits sure but i think that this is this is still pretty early on isn't it i mean well well it's 1990 yeah i don't know i i, I kind of think again, then again he was in barbed wire so well that's Pam Anderson, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Daryl's. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. Should, I, yeah. I, I feel like there's something else I wanted to say, and it doesn't even matter. Go ahead. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. This movie was that. It just. It just felt like they just nobody cared. When when they do track when Camilla when Good. they finally go take the baby to the uh, hospital. And then Camilla comes in and, and grabs it out of the incubator, even though you thought mm-hmm. your baby might have some horrible disease and that it was going to die. And the, and the wife just stands there doing that thing that I love in movies. Where she didn't fem- even stand in front of the No, the, where female characters, it's sort of like in, in, in action movies from that era when the ba- when the bad guy is just beating the tar out of the hero and the girl just stands there and the gun's sitting there. It's like, okay, totally. pick it up. And it's, it's so insulting. Like, it I, is. I, it's ridiculous. And they, you know, thank God for Buffy the Vampire Slayer and things like that because I hate that so much when they have female characters do that kind of crap. This is even worse because you can't even make the argument that they were trying to say, oh, she's just assuming the guy's going to handle it. This woman comes in, starts disconnecting the little wires. You can't fight it back. You have an open door in a hospital. Yeah. At least, at least try. Try yeah, something. Try. You can shout out the yeah, window. Yeah. I know. Help from the door. You can shout out the doorway. Yeah, something. Help. Somebody's trying to take. You're a my total baby. pacifist, and you don't want anything to do with violence. Fine, right. but yeah, do something. Literally, she, she's standing, going, "No, Camilla, what are you, what are you doing? Why are you taking my baby?" Smashes the baby like a rag doll, and then he got yuppie strength and just smacks her across the room. Yuppie strength. He did. He, 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 <laughs> it was like the strength <laughs> of a yuppie. Yeah, his right arm was strong. Sure was. All those dreams. <laughs> the cocaine. <off. laughs> yeah. So, 
Yes. So he so he is at the point where he takes the baby and runs off and heads for the woods. That's what I'm trying to understand. Explain it to me. Why are you running? It's your child. You are at a hospital. Yeah, why run out into the you woods? You don't have to run. She's the one that snuck into the hospital but even, but even, and tried to take your baby. But, but then they she, that's when she does the float chase thing. They run and take yeah. a child that is almost dying. And why do they go back to their house? Out of an incubator and run and get in a car and go home. Damn it. Daryl is really beating in the... I can, I can hear I those slaps. I can't understand. <laughs> that really made me go, what? Why are you running? Yeah, so that they could go home, have the husband have to take the baby into the woods, have the wife get in the car, and apparently one of the koi wolves decided to take a nap in the driveway because she runs over its head. It, it's like what? it's just laying there. Yeah. And then some reason... And she can drive through the woods. 50 miles an hour, she tells the cop later, I yeah. was going 50 miles yeah. an hour and he, through and, the woods? Yeah, he's running at the same speed. Yeah. And they don't hit anything. Oh, and then how weird. Either. And by the way, how weird was it? She's floating at him. He's at the base of the tree holding the baby, cowering down. She comes at him. The tr- the car comes into the shot. All of a sudden, she's on the ground. We never saw her land in front of him. We never saw her raise anything to hit him or the baby. She just suddenly has, she's brandishing a stick or a femur or something. And the Jeep comes up and pops her. And it was just, but all of a sudden, the husband and the baby are out of the way and the car's at a dead side. It was just so bizarre the way it was cut. It made no sense. (laughs) I still say she looks creepy as hell when she's floating in the air, though. All right, well, I'll let you know. Well, any woman floating in the air looks crazy and creepy. Yeah. See? Not to say See? I wouldn't marry them, but I mean, <laughs> well, and and, no, and you have apparently. Still. I have. Uh, that was whoa, wife number twenty-five. <laughs> so it's ten minutes from the end of the movie. She could float like no other. Ten minutes from the end of the movie. Yes, and they finally go to the cops. Yeah, and that's where Xander and- Berkeley comes into play. And is it me, mm-hmm. or back to retroactive the the DT school? Mm-hmm. He comes in the room. It's obviously the next morning because you get that vibe. It's early morning. Yes. We would just, I think, fill in. All you had to do was show them in the woods. They Mm -hmm. think they've run her over the Jeep. Mm -hmm. Slow dissolve to the sun rising. Slow dissolve to the interior of the police station with the early morning light filtering through. And we would have put two and two together that some time has passed. They're at the police station now in, you know, trying and they're about to meet with this detective. So the detective comes in. And they had this moment that lasts maybe only 30 seconds or so, but it was mm-hmm. literally, if you want an example of what not to do with editing, they, they, they always talk about, you know, go in as late as possible and get out as early as possible when it comes right. to scenes, because you want it to feel tight and you want it to feel like it's really moving at a good pace. Well, mm-hmm. he comes in and he kind of goes, hey, did you guys sleep okay? Really sorry about the couch. It was probably really comfortable, but it's going to be okay. And then he kind of turns around and goes to shut the door. And he goes, okay, so let's get started. And like the scene, it's like, and it's like, oh, yeah. that's where the scene started. It was weird. It was almost like it was the actors improving and kind of getting into their characters. And, right. and somebody neglected to cut that first. Yeah, yeah. and again, you kind of have to put it together. Like, what, were they sleeping at the police station? Well, because I guess that's why they left that in, was to give that idea across. But I don't think we needed yeah. that. A dissolve would no, have gotten I mean, that across. Yeah. No, I mean, if they get there and there's a woman has tried to kill the baby and them and they kind of hit her. And yeah. They're they're just left. No, just take a nap on the couch. We'll get to it in the morning. Yeah, no. that's, that, you're right, because that even makes it would, worse. Why would they have them yeah. wait? 
Yeah, they would have done something about it immediately, wouldn't they? Yeah, well, he even said, well, we went, we already went out to where the body was. Well, first off, if they, somebody comes into your police station and says, hey, yeah, we ran this crazy chick over uh, with our car, <laughs> wouldn't they have at least taken one of them out to the scene with them? Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, after they lock you up. Potentially. Yeah. I mean, you'd come in and yeah. say, I committed murder. Well, you could, if you're arguing self-defense, maybe they give you a pass, but they're going to still make you go. I would think they'd yeah, make you go out. Car, I don't know. I just, I find it, it none of that made any sense. It never would have made, it wouldn't have been a problem if they had called the, call the cops from the hospital when Which she tried should've. to take yeah. the baby. Yeah. Which they should have done. Like, why? that's the whole thing. Like, that movie could have ended in that episode. If they could have ended right in that scene, if you had just called the security, yeah, and reported there the woman trying to take the baby. One, yeah. one more, one more final question, guys. Yes. I guess after all the fits hit the shan, and there's no body to be found, so therefore the the detectives and the cops dismissed them, which would have made a lot more sense to have that scene. Oh, I don't know. In the first 30 minutes of the movie, not the last yes, 10. <laughs> and let's just say that he, they go home. Phil mm-hmm. is going to, they're going to pack up, I guess, and leave. But why? I don't know. Cause at this point they uh, think she's just dead. I don't uh, know what I'm thinking. Well, why are you guys leaving? What's the reasoning there? What's going to, how's that going to help you? They do a lot of running from places when <laughs> it wasn't, well, well, while yeah, leaving his wife necessary. and baby yeah. at the house alone, he decides just to grab a chainsaw and go down and cut down that tree. Now, how he knew at this point that tree was connected to her, I'm trying no to even idea. think. Did there was because there was never the the ubiquitous scene no. in these movies where no he one meets, told him. Yeah, he never meets with a shaman. He never goes nope. to the library. The librarian who has this arcane knowledge of mystical things and pulls out the Necronomicon and shows him of all about no. the dream. None of that. No, and Ned, Ned, Ned didn't tell Ned, him nothing. So he has no way of knowing. Did you read the synopsis on on Wiki? No, what is it? It says, um, "Hang on, I think Kate I and it. Phil decide to leave the house." Uh-huh. Then it goes, Phil enters the woods with a chainsaw to cut down the tree. There's something missing. <laughs> yeah, that's what you just described. <laughs> he left, what he leaves the house. <laughs> Kate and Phil decide to leave the house. Phil enters the woods yeah. with a chainsaw to cut down the tree. What a what a da what a da. Huh? Yeah. But so he what does. Now this tree is like, the one that has all the baby faces in it because she's brought all these babies presumably to the tree as sacrifice. And then add to that, did now did they or did they not? In this synopsis, it says Kate and Phil decide to leave the house. Phil enters the woods with the chainsaw <laughs> yep. to cut down the tree. Uh-huh. Yep. Meanwhile, Meanwhile, Kate is attacked by Camilla at the house. Yes. Wait. Dress. Kate and Phil decide to leave the house. Phil enters the wood with a chainsaw to cut down the tree. Meanwhile, Kate is attacked by Camilla at the house. Wait a minute. How is yeah, Kate leaving the house with Phil and then filling in the forest, cutting down the tree? And then Kate is back at the house getting attacked by Camilla, who's part tree and human. Oh, no, I thought she was uh, actually trying out for the role of Mystique in the upcoming I, yeah, X-Men she movie. Look like that. I don't I don't I don't know. But, I don't get it. So, so, but, but he, so he takes a chainsaw to the tree. What's that? You know that the alternative, did you read about the alternative ending? No, I didn't. On TV, the, in the TV version of the ending, it has Phil and Kate returning home from the hospital with Jake. 
Camilla is alive and naked at the tree. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, I read that. Yeah. Okay, so say it, that it goes. So, so, so it didn't end. Like it ends in a cliff. No. I guess it ends in a, like there could be another movie. Uh, they hit her with the car. Okay. That supposedly that's kills the her. They think yeah. she's dead. Okay. She, I guess, cut to screen, credits roll. She's awakened at the tree, looking like a half tree, half human thing. Like ominous that she'll be. I think back. that would actually at least, while unsatisfying, just like the rest of the movie. I think that would have at least made more sense in a way. Well, than guess, like- well, guess what? The director disapproved of the television cut of the film and removed his name from the credits. Oh, that's when he changed it. Instead of Alan Smithy, he did Alan Vaughn Smithy. Yes, as the director. I saw that. That's I saw right. That was. Now, in the video and DVD versions, they have the full ending in which Camilla appears in a true form. And tries to take the baby from Kate, but Phil cuts down the tree with the chainsaw. There's that name again, Kate yeah. and Jack. Do we have that discussion that it seems like those are the two names that get used in, in more movies and TV shows than any oh, other? Oh, totally. Movie? Yeah. Totally. So, but my question is this. Technically, when he takes the chainsaw and the blood's squirting out of the tree mm-hmm. and everything, isn't he basically hacking up all the babies? Yes. 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 Okay, just clear on that, because I'm thinking, wouldn't have, I don't know, the knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, because if we, yeah, we hear them scream and cry all yeah. the time, mm-hmm. so they might be alive in there. That's somewhere. what I was thinking, so wouldn't you at least well, you make would have effort to, to reverse the spell? You'd have to kill the babies, because the babies are what gives her the strength. Yes. So if so you that, if the babies are her lifeline, you'd have to kill her, her energy source, you'd have to kill the babies. Now, that's a dark... Thing yeah, itself. I was just going to say that. That's if you went that there. route, but basically that's what you're. Yeah, that's the that's what how I you, take ri- it. you wrote. Yeah, that's how I take it. You wrote it that the babies give her the energy to survive. So the only way to kill her is to destroy her la- her power supply. So that's <sighs> the babies. I don't even know what to say. I there's. I oh, don't know. Either. I know what it is. At the very and, end, the final shot. My my note. OMG, an owl? Yeah. I wonder if Sam Raimi had directed this movie like he was originally supposed to, how would it Because it would have been, been more dead? like an Evil Dead movie is what it would have been. Probably. Well, he, he went to direct Darkman. Yeah. Yes. Good call, Mr. Raimi. <laughs> I know. Thank well, your agent. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say that uh, I know... Peter and I have talked about this one a lot. And the reason why, reason why I originally wanted to cover it is mm-hmm. I, I've made uh, no bones about it. I'm a fan of the interloper movies, those thrillers from the early 90s, like Hand the Rugs of Cradle yeah, and Unlawful Entry. Like that. Well, see, yeah. yes, but no, it's not. And here's why. I thought so, too. I was like, oh, like uh, other than the supernatural angle, I was going to mm-hmm. give it a pass. Like, okay, it still qualifies. No, I put it's not an interloper film for the following reasons. One, it is supernatural and none of the other ones are. Number two, it is not based on revenge or a grudge or some historical bad blood. That's true. That is going to, and it doesn't have to be that it was necessarily a super long time ago, but if you think about mm-hmm. Hand the Rock's a Cradle, if you think about some of these other ones, there's always that, not always, but a lot of times there's that element of the interloper is coming into the protagonist's life. Tweed one I like. Uh, which Remember when she uh, infiltrates the, her husband's uh, business, she gets her... Uh, the the husband of the that the family she goes after he got her and his and and her husband uh, they lost this. they got fired or whatever and they this. lost money and the husband killed himself was that no is that the, was that the hand the cradle one 
No. No, that was the oh, one no, with no. Rebecca. Well, yeah, Rebecca Yeah, yeah, Rebecca Rebecca Dubornay, Dubornay. yeah. I know that I mean, her husband's the doctor and the whole thing with Annabella Ciora. But I, I, that sounds very, as far as the, the setup is similar, for sure. Right. This one was, what was the name of this one? I kind of find it. Yeah, I definitely watch find this it. every now and then. No, I've yeah. that, I would actually like to cover that just because I want to do, with Retro Movie Geek, I'd like to do a whole series. Of yes, because films. we have Is talked about this before. Yes. Scorned. That's the oh, one. I remember oh, that. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to do that. I didn't I realize that was an interloper movie. That's when they go after. Yeah, because it's basically uh, uh, she's a her widow. She's the sure. widow of the guy. She blames the guy for her husband's death. Okay. Because he kills himself because he's ruined yeah. by yes, the I husband and business, and so she yeah. infiltrates yes, the baby. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And, and seduces the entire attraction. family. Fatal attraction. Even the wife. Fatal Attraction would be the one that usually gets the Ooh. most credit for being the yeah. initiator of of that subgenre in that, obviously, they have an affair, he wrongs her, that mm-hmm. stuff happens, yeah, that kind of thing. Or even in a movie like Unlawful Entry where yes. it's not so much that he's wronged as much as he integrates himself in in such a way due to his feelings of animosity towards another character. Right. And in Pacific Heights... It's been a while since I've seen that one, although I really remember enjoying the crap out of it. It's still, that's almost a, a bad relative you can't get, even though it's not a relative that you can't get out of your yeah, house. Yeah, because that was just that he got attached to yeah, them he's when just, he helped them one night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. They all have that element to them, and this one does not. And mm-hmm. but again, if it had, had probably removed that's the supernatural fine. bit, and it maybe was just a woman who wanted a child of her own. Sure, yeah, it's yeah. delving into that Lifetime movie. But I think that would have qualified. I also put uh, it, it. It's not really forcing herself into their lives. She was invited in. They paid her to be there. And then really, she actually was trying to get out of their lives as quick as possible. She just needed to take their kid with them with her so she could sacrifice it. So there's never the sense of at that, that point where they're like, yeah, we got to get rid of her. Yep. If if, yep. if after they say the halfway point, they're like, yeah, we got to get this chick out of here now. Then I felt like it could be more of an interloper movie, but it really isn't. It's just she happens to be a nanny. No, because no, no, the dad wants her out, but the all of a sudden the wife still wants her. Yeah, there, and that's so. only the last twenty minutes of the movie, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah good point. <sighs> it's not an interloper movie. Good. Yeah. So I'm glad we did not put it as part of that grouping. <laughs> but we have a whole bunch to do there. So. Yeah. So what was up with the owl? They showed it at the beginning, they showed it at the end, and there's a stuffed owl. But but it didn't really serve. I mean, I guess it's a woodland creature. Usually, the owl is the guardian. Yeah, it's not usually that's against the evil. Yeah, and use a line from Twin Peaks. The owls now, are not maybe because they didn't give a crap and they just gave up on <laughs> yeah. the movie. Maybe originally it's supposed to be the owl is the guardian, and he the owl is what led him to the tree. That's probably what they were going to do, and they yeah. just or they just oh they just had it. a cool shot of an owl and wanted to use it. How did we talk about this movie for almost an hour and a half? Because you tried to fix it. Oh my god! Oh yeah, with the yeah, you tried to fix it. That's why. <sighs> Don't think you could though. You, you tried. Yeah. This is yeah. You did the best you could. Okay, so uh, Peter, what is your uh, final verdict? For the Guardian. Well, there was a cool, there was a cool shot of the Stephen King's book It. <laughs> there was a cool shot of the cover when she sits in her suitcase. I like that. Yeah. So flips no, it for I, that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, oh damn it! It's hard to, it's hard to justify watching this again. 
I, I and, I, and I and I may or may not have dozed up a couple of times. And I and I, I was I kind of woke up on the couch and said, "Do I really want to rewind to watch this? <laughs> you see this again? Is <laughs> no, it worth it?" I have to. That's talk. pretty much all that needs to be said. So, mm-hmm. Daryl, Daryl, I assume then you were in the Peter camp of don't don't be kind, do not rewind. And no, you don't need to ever watch this again. Yeah. There's nothing. I, in this I movie. can't disagree with that. I, and it's funny. I didn't. I had this. Which is, it's a shame, actually. Well, considering yeah. who's involved, I think that's what it is. When you look yeah. at the, the the quality of behind the camera, and you look at some of the actors in front of it, you think, really, nobody at any point. Okay. This movie is so bad. I think the the movie it sh- it's done so it, it's not that it's so bad. It's just done. It's just subpar. Like even a I don't know. Yeah, it's how not so bad. It's good. Anybody. It's not. Yeah, it's not so bad. It's good. It's just no. And it's the whole. It's the whole thing about it. It's like the editing is really, really disturbing. Yeah, it's very jarring. It's, it's so it's so choppy. Yeah, they call it the invisible and, 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 art for a reason. <laughs> It's not yeah. invisible in this Like, movie. I sit there and I go, I don't, like, why? Do you not care that you, like, the director that came in, did he just yeah. not care at all that they, that what the movie looked like? Was he in that time, was that time of his life that rough that he just. He's like, I did the French Connection. I did the Exorcist. And I'm your second yeah, choice and, after and, the guy who uh, did Evil Dead 2? Exactly. Is that, is that <laughs> kind of. Was he involved wave? in the editing or. I don't know. It I looks like it just didn't. I don't think it like a art. Te- I think a, a film student, if they did something like this, I think a teacher would have been pissed and said, "You have to fix this. Like these are things that you have to do yeah. over again and edit better because this is not." Uh, yeah. Good. Oh, hey, let's see. Critical reception. The Guardian earned mostly negative reviews from no critics. And this says, let's see here. It has a five point three uh, Janet, on IMDb. Janet by Matlin, the way. Mm-hmm. Janet Matlin said he, she she gave the film a middling review, saying freaking never sustains the story's tension for very long, and even cuts off the scarier episodes before they have a chance to sink in. And I think that's kind of that's right. kind of true because it's like they're cut off too soon. I think that's for being far too kind, but okay, we'll go yeah, with yeah, it is. There, there was kind in the re- kind of what's uh, what is it? And what's more, he never offers a consistent idea what sort of evil is at work here. Well. Yeah. All right. So, needless to say, you can find Daryl at the. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. There is. Let's see. Wait, wait, wait. This was even better. Hang on. The Washington Post. The Washington Post said. Uh, it gave it a, a negative review, stating the plot is so preposterous that the Guardian never comes close to obtaining attention, empathy, or sympathy. Ah. <laughs> uh... Understatement. A severely flawed but not unamusing venture from a director who should know better. Alrighty then. Well, on that note, yeah. I think we're all saying Stop forget it. Don't bother, fi- bother flixing it. It's a two point <laughs> yeah, five at best. Yeah. All right, yeah. Peter. Let's let's mix this up a bit. Where can people find you? Well, they can find me at uh, besides floating through the woods <laughs> in the snow in my negligee. Uh, <laughs> just don't look up when I pass you. <laughs> That's a male plane. How do you know? I can see his little balls. Why is he doing the helicopter? That's because he wants to stay afloat. 
Uh, Why is that negligee billowing out around him? That's because he's doing the helicopters on. <laughs> no, they can find me at ForgottenFlakes.com. Ah, indeed. Uh, Mr. Taylor, where can they find you? You can find me not looking up when Peter was <laughs> Well, I don't work myself. And go uh, <coughs> to uh, Oh, yes. Find me there. You can. And you can find me right here. Forgotten Flicks. <laughs> looking Please. up at Peter. Look, looking up at Peter as he waves to me from his perch <laughs> atop. Why are there blue balloons up there? <laughs> blue balloons. Them, them's aren't balloons. They keep hitting each other. They're going to pop. <laughs> Don't look up. <laughs> What's that whirring? What's that whirring, Dad? That's the helicopter's on. Daddy, why is that sausage float between two blue balloons? <laughs> I told you not to look up, son. It's like throwing a hot dog down a hallway. <laughs> I'm blind, Dad. I'm blind. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and a special thanks to JV for providing all the fantastic music you heard in this episode. You can check out more from JV at YourSecretIdentity.com. And be sure to check out Daryl's other fantastic podcasts at TaylorNetworkOfPodcasts.com. And don't forget to stop by ForgottenFlicks.com, where you can check out Peter's retro movie reviews, past podcast episodes, and more. And we're proud to be a member of the Movie Podcast Network where you'll find these fantastic shows. Movie Podcast Weekly, Horror Movie Podcast, Movie Streamcast, The Sci-Fi Podcast, GeekCast Live, and of course, Forgotten Flicks. If you love movies and you love listening to podcasts, then check out the Movie Podcast Network. And be sure to join us next time when Forgotten Flicks will be remembering another movie you grew up with.